Welcome. Glad to have you with us. It's uh, 10.07, and uh, earlier in the program, we were talking about uh, what's going on in schools and the cost of school, and Justin sent me a message. He said, good morning. Tried to uh, message you yesterday. Uh, I agree with you that teachers should be armed. I agree that today's teachers are not teaching topics like they should, and they're asking for more money. Uh, I've got a child in public school. I wish I could get them in private school. You might be able to homeschool. I'm just telling you, Justin, it is really not expensive at all. And it's going to be a lot better education. Uh, JR says, I hope you and Brian are having a great Friday. Something that really frosts my buns are individuals named Clint. I don't understand that, Brian. Do you get that? (laughs) Uh, You sound like you did. All right. Uh, Bill, uh, the stock market is the highest in history. This can't go on forever. Is there going to be a crash like 1929? Experts that I've spoken with, in fact, do believe that uh, it is gonna, it's going to reset. Um, and, and that's part of why they think the uh, um, Oracle of uh, Omaha has uh, gotten rid of all, you know, literally billions in stocks. He's in cash, and they think that's because he expects the market to uh, readjust and drop, and that's when he'll jump in with his cash and and uh, make uh, make a ton of money. David says uh, regarding this uh, study out of Europe about how uh, our breathing is the problem for global warming. We exhale CO two, so if we quit breathing, doesn't that mean all the trees and plants die? So doesn't that defeat their purpose? Yeah, I don't think they care. Uh, we can all walk around with a connection to a CO2 fire extinguisher bottle and change out when full. Okay, Keith, there you go. Ah, boy. All right. Um, we 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 kind of uh, touched on this yesterday with uh, Mike Murphy from Como Buzz with one Z. Uh, that uh, here in Boone County, they're going to put up a, a daycare center for first responders. And the the question is, should the county be running this or should the private marketplace be running it? Uh, there's uh, I think it's going to be like a five million dollar investment. They've got they've got the real estate. I don't think the county should be running it. In fact, I think that. Um, finding a child care, uh, daycare while you're at work would be a lot cheaper if the government weren't involved at all. Government's not supposed to regulate that. Uh, I think in the, in the world of the free market, you find who you like and uh, you tell others they're good and, and that's how their business thrives. Uh, the, the government doesn't have to do it. The government, I think, shouldn't do it. But anyway... Um, that's what they're uh, they're trying to do here in Boone County, and I understand it. You know, a lot of these nine one one operators are women. They have children. Uh, they've got to have daycare for these kids. Terrific. Let the private marketplace do it, and just you know, rent the real estate to them. Here's the building. Come in and do your job. Uh, and then pay us a percentage. I think they could do it much more easily and much more efficiently than if the government does it. 
on women in the military. Uh, let's do that. I'll get John on for that. John, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was just adding to that. It's like, once again, I don't think people like civilians that make these decisions really realize some of the factors that are in play. Uh, women are far more susceptible to urinary tract infections, UTIs. When you're out there, like, marching and humping along, you have to drink a lot of water. And females even need more of it. And if you put them with males, they need more bathroom breaks. That slows the whole group down. They're also more susceptible. I don't mean to be gross, but they are more susceptible to yeast infections. And if you've ever been or in chafing, and if it's just general female problems in general, and if you're in a field environment, anyone who's been in that environment knows how incredibly filthy that it is, you know, that kind of thing. It's almost impossible to keep clean. It's like keeping clean your feet, other parts of your body. It's like, once again, for females, it's even doubly hard. Uh, so, once again, I can see maybe females being with MP units or maybe even mounted infantry where they have access to bathrooms and they're not marching around. But body armor, wearing heavy equipment. And you put that in play, uh, it really it, it doesn't work out. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Maybe if they had segregated mounted female infantry away from males, I think that possibly might be viable. But otherwise, I just I don't see it being effective in a real combat situation. I'm sorry. Well, biology being what it is, uh, if you have a, a woman that's uh, that you're attracted to, that you're you know uh, stationed with in the military. Your instinct is gonna is gonna be hard to override. Well, exactly. It's like you have, like for example, let's say you're pulling guard duty. It's like, and once again, I'm not saying that I've seen this yet. A former caller before. I'm not gonna spill tea like that. But it's like, let's say you have guard duty. You come up and you say, "Well, where's Jill? Why isn't she on guard duty right now?" Oh, she wasn't feeling too good. But I took her shift. And then you come on to the next shift and check again. Why isn't she on guard shift? Uh, she wasn't feeling too good. Guys will generally almost instinctively, you know, cape for a female in a combat situation. Um, so once again, I just don't from ideally I can see where people mean well for females to be in the infantry. But from a practical standpoint, I just don't see it working. Thank you for taking my call, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Um, yeah, I just don't think they belong in harm's way. It is our instinct to protect women. They bear life. They bring us children. And I think somehow, instinctively, it's hardwired into us. I'm sure it can be overrode or overwritten, but I don't think um, I don't think it's a good idea. Just don't. Uh, let's see what else. By the way, if you uh, do, you want to send a message? You can just go to GaryNolan.com. And uh, you can send a message. It will pop up right here in studio. Uh, let's see. Jim says, uh, let's see. Only surprise of this is that it was in a bill that was originated in the House of Representatives. Secret anti-gun provision hidden in military spending bill. I don't have time to go through it, but I will by uh, tomorrow morning because tomorrow's Gary on guns. Uh, let's see. When I, uh, when I get pulled over by police for traffic violation, do I have to tell them? I have a gun in the car. Do I have to answer all their questions? Do you have to tell them you have a gun in the car? No, you don't. Um, I do. Uh, I let them know that I'm that I uh, I have a, a you know a, a firearm, and I tell them exactly where it's at, and then I make sure they you know they know so they know how they want to handle it. Um, 
my my uh, observation of, of law enforcement is that they don't know who they're pulling over. Even if they run the license plate, they don't know who's driving the car. Could be just somebody with a lead foot. Could be somebody that just shot someone. Um, I want them to be at ease. I want them to know that they're, you know, uh, I'll take my ticket and whatever and go. Uh, so I, I tend I tend to let them know. It doesn't happen often. In fact, it's only happened, I think, twice. But um, I let them know. Do you have to answer their questions? Now, if you're driving, you may uh, you may have to answer a few more questions. You're supposed to have a license and that sort of thing. And uh, but I would be very careful about answering questions like "Where have you been?" or "Where are you going?" I would stay away from those. You know, here's my driver's license. Here's my insurance. Uh, have I done something wrong? Uh, am I under arrest? Thank you, officer. May I leave now? Yeah, and they're going to appreciate that, too, if you are up front and say, sir, before I reach for my license, my concealed carry is on my hip or whatever. Is it okay if I continue to, you know, they're yeah, going to appreciate that. You don't want to startle them and suddenly no. have them spot a gun because they don't know who you are. Again, they, they don't know the good guys from the bad guys. There's no way for them to know. So, uh, so yeah, I would I would let them know that, I, that you're carrying a gun. You don't have to. It's not obligatory, but I would do it. Um, and I would not, um, I would not answer questions about where you're going, where you've been. Uh, they don't need to know that. Um, give them the information that they need, let them do their job. And then, uh, you know, when, when you've given them everything they're supposed to have, may I leave now? Um, they want, if they want more information than that, uh, you, you tell them, let me let me contact my attorney. That's and and you know that seems like such a double edged sword. It it really seems like a double edged sword. If if uh, if I'm a, in law enforcement and I'm asking you questions about a, a crime that may have been committed, and uh, you're telling me I'm not going to answer, uh, I'm, I'm you just talk to my attorney. That's going to make me more suspicious. But if you're innocent, well, even if you're guilty, I suspect, uh, I suppose. But here's the thing. You can say the most innocuous thing the wrong way and look guilty of a crime. And attorneys can kind of guide you through that. So I would, uh, I, would, I would give them the basic information. Here's my name. Here's my license. Here's my insurance. Did I break any laws? Am I free to go? You know, if they're it, it, you know, obviously if they're writing you a ticket, you you know that you're not free to go yet. Uh, but I would not get into the where I've been, where I'm going thing, because that could get you in trouble. You you may say you're you you know you're coming from uh, Broadway, uh, and there may have been a, a drive-by shooting in Broadway, and suddenly you're looking good for it. So stay away from that part. On uh, traffic stop, let me uh, let me get Joe in here. I'm going to have to hold off any other callers because I'm behind. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Um, yeah, I got pulled over. Um, I, I was speeding. Um, not crazy fast, but I was speeding, got pulled over. Um, 
shut my vehicle off, had my window rolled down, uh, had my driver's license out, had both hands on the steering wheel when the officer walked up. Um, and, uh, you know, he, you know, asked, asked me if I knew why, um, you know, I was speeding and, I, or knew why I got pulled over. I said, yes, sir. I was speeding. And I said, just so you know, I am, uh, I, I do have a license to carry. He says, are you carrying? And I said, yes, sir. I am. And he said, where is it? And I said, it's on my hip. And he said, okay, just, if you don't mind, just keep your hands where they're at. And I said, yes, sir. Asked for my driver's license, went through the whole thing. Um, he thanked me and just told me to slow down. So he just didn't even give me a ticket. I think he appreciated me letting him know and and didn't come across as a threat. Yeah, well, the next time they ask you, do you know why you were pulled over, tell them no. No, why? What, what, what happened? <laughs> don't just admit to a crime. <laughs> all right uh joe thank you uh, that's just my that's what i would that's how i would respond i'm not an attorney and i can't give you uh, legal advice but uh, that's how i'd respond thank you <laughs> but all right. that's all right glad to have you on the gary nolan show <laughs> oh lord do you know why you're pulled over because i robbed the bank over on ninth street <laughs> is that why all right up against the clock gotta take a quick break Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. 1024 on uh, Froster Buns Friday. There was some polling data, and I looked at this uh, briefly yesterday. We didn't get to talk about it uh, because we had such a lineup of guests, but um, half of voters say Trump's guilty of trying to overturn the 2020 election. 21% of mail-in voters confessed to fraud. That 21% thing is a bit iffy uh, because some of the things that... uh, that are technically illegal may not have had any effect on the outcome of the election. For instance, 21% they filled out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member. Yeah, technically that may be illegal, but then maybe that friend or family member that broken hand or whatever, and they said, you know, yes, yes here, no there, vote for him, don't vote for her. They may have done that. Uh, that wouldn't really affect the outcome of the election. 19% say a friend or family member filled out their ballot in part or in full on their behalf. Again, if they did it the way the voter wanted it done, that doesn't imply uh, a, a change in the outcome of the election. It may have. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying that in many cases, that's probably what it is. Uh, technically, it's illegal, but it doesn't affect the outcome because they're doing what the voter wanted done. 17% say they signed a ballot or ballot envelope on behalf of a friend or family member with or without their permission. Without their permission, well, that raises some questions. But they also think that Donald Trump is guilty of trying to overturn the election. Ah. You know, the way you phrase the question has a lot to do with the answer that you get. Was he trying to overturn the election is not the same as was he trying to steal the election. I think he did try to overturn the election, but I think what he is, what he was doing, I think he's convinced that he won, that it was stolen, and he was trying to take it back. I don't, I don't think he was trying to steal it. I think he was trying to expose it and take it back. But the way they phrase this question, you know, do you think he's guilty of trying to overturn the 2020 election? Well, 
yeah, he was trying to overturn it. He, he thought it was stolen. He was trying to overturn it, bring it back. It's not quite the same as stealing it. So, if if we were to phrase this uh, question properly for listeners, Brian, I think that that is the way that it should be. It should be, do you think Donald Trump tried to steal the election? Do you see the difference? It's subtle, but saying overturn... You know, if it was if it was stolen from him and he was trying to expose it and overturn it, that's is that not, stealing? That's not stealing, right? Yeah. So I think I think the question has to be: Do you think Donald Trump tried to steal the election? And I don't think you're going to get um, the same response. We'll throw it out there: eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. I, he almost might be better off saying, do you think he believes the election was stolen? Or do you think he was just trying to steal it? Or how about this? Uh, do you believe Donald Trump was responsible for inciting the insurrection, quote, unquote? I should move that microphone back. I can see your face more clearly now. Oh, oh that's terrible. Uh, uh, <clears throat> can you, like, pull the shade? Um, no, it's broken. <laughs> I'm forced to. I'm not looking up. I'm just not looking up. All right. So, our what? What? How do you want to phrase this? You can see we are a well-oiled machine here. We yeah. planned this out. Uh, I say, uh, do you think he tried to steal it, or do you think uh, he tried to take it back? Th- that it was stolen from him, and he honestly thought it was being stolen. Do you think Donald Trump honestly thought the election was stolen? Yes. And I think that's different than, uh, did he try to overturn the election? Yeah, of course he did. Because he thought it was, uh, and Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that he was convinced. Uh, I'm not convinced. I don't know for sure. I don't know if we ever will. As I said before, I know there were shenanigans. I just don't know to the extent uh, that they got away with it. So uh, that's, that's what we'll do. We'll throw that out there. Do you think Donald Trump tried to steal the election, or do you think he really believes that it was stolen from him? And if you if you think the latter, uh, don't feel you know don't hesitate to call. But if you think he actually tried to steal the election, go ahead and say so. It's okay. We'll, we're just going to do a, a kind of a, a lightning survey. Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Did he? Did he try to steal it, or did he try to take it back? Pretty much as simple as that. Um, boy, I got, what, 20 seconds? You're going to go to GaryNolan.com. I can't take phone calls because I'll, I'll cut somebody off here. Uh, but while you're loading up the line with your answers, uh, I will point out that you can go to GaryNolan.com uh, and answer the question, and it will pop up right here in studio. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035, glad to have you with us. Survey that says half of voters say Trump is guilty of trying 
to overturn the 2020 election. <clears throat> well, I, I think he, uh, he did try to overturn it, but I'm not sure that he's guilty of it. I think there's a nuance in here. I think that the difference uh, is, is just this. He either thought that uh, it was um, stolen and he was bringing it back, you know, taking it back, or he knew he lost and he was trying to steal it. And I think there's a difference. In both cases, you would try to overturn the election. In one case, rightfully so. And in the other case, not rightfully so. I'm not sure what this half of voters uh, uh, say is guilty of trying to overturn the election actually means. I don't think it means that much. Uh, let me go to uh, Morell first. Was he trying to... How you doing today? I'm doing all right. Was he trying to steal it, or was he trying to take it back? Well, uh, well, now, feel free to correct me on any of my entitled opinions or facts, but let me preface by saying that several supporters who have uh, survived his loyalty test uh, left after the uh, January 6th incident. I know you got a lot of callers, probably, but among only those that I know or I've heard about informing Trump that he had not won include A.G. Barr, Bolton. All right, all right, stop, 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 stop. I, I'm asking you a simple question. Do you think he was trying to steal it or steal well, it back? All I'm saying is the people... No, 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 just answer the question. Why can't oh, you ever do oh, that? Oh, was he trying oh, to steal oh, it or was oh, he trying oh, to think, steal it back? I think I, think I, can, I can point out that fact. I think, he, I think he knew that he lost. Okay, then, then you think he was trying to steal it. That's all he had to do. All right. Thank you, sir. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Mike, was he yes, trying sir. to steal it or steal it back? I think he knew there was big problems with it, and he was trying to remedy the problems legally. And he was put put aside at every issue uh, because of attorney generals and whoever. So you don't Secretary think he was trying to just steal the election? You think it was no. he was responding to what he believed was a stolen election himself? Uh, along with tons right. of other people. All right. That's Thank what you. I wanted to hear. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Sharon, good morning. Well, this is Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a Sharon. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, he was trying to take it back because he had worn it. The evidence no court would hear because of the powers that be uh, wouldn't even see the evidence, which was massive. Uh, the AP the next morning on ABC was showing Trump's numbers rapidly decreasing while Biden's were rapidly increasing. It was an in-your-face, we're stealing this election, and there's nothing you people could do about it. And that's what happened. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And and I do think, oh, you know, I see why I did that. I, I got the wrong button. That's my fault. All right, Rick. Thank you. Uh, now I go to Sharon, the real Sharon. And, and she'll sound way different than you, Rick. Sharon. Yes, I will. I believe that he won and he was just legally trying to, in some way, uh, show that there was enough evidence that it was stolen. He was just trying to take back what was stolen from him. Yeah, so he was trying to overturn it, but he wasn't trying to steal it. And there's a difference, right? No. Right. All right. All right, Sharon, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Luke? Was yeah, I believe... 
I think he really believed that it was stolen, and yeah, he was trying to fix it, not steal it back, and yeah, we'll never know the extent, like you said, but there was definitely shenanigans, and uh, so anyway, that's my thoughts. Thank you. Uh, do you think it was stolen? I, boy, it kind of looks like it could have been, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, we'll never know, I guess, really. Yeah, be nice if we could find a way to, to really nail that down. All right. Thank you, sir. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It would be. It would be very nice if we could just find a court that found standing and 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 heard the case. I, I listen to uh, friends of mine that are just solidly in Trump's camp. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way Joe Biden could have won this thing. And then I look at the other side, and it's like, well, Biden wasn't really exposed. He was painted as a moderate. He didn't really have much, you know, much opportunity to uh, to be uncovered. He he stayed in the basement for the most part. Um. It's it's and and on top of that, Donald Trump rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So I think uh, I think it's it's possible. Biden could have pulled it out. He could have won. I don't know. Uh, so they're playing on on Fox right now uh, the uh, Christmas video that uh, Jill Biden put together. I guess it's the, her version of the Nutcracker. Brian and I watched that yesterday. Did you see the memes that have popped up? <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. How ridiculous. How ridiculous. Trying to one-up on Melania's from, you know, previous years. You know, I, we just watched Melania. She was on Fox News. Uh, there, let me explain. There's a, a TV screen in my side of the studio. There's another TV screen on Brian's side. We were watching the same thing. And a few minutes ago, uh, Melania was uh, up uh, addressing a bunch of new citizens who had just been uh, taking the oath and, and uh, become American citizens. And when you watch that woman walk down the hall, the word that pops into my mind is class. Maybe she, you know, maybe I'm fooled. Maybe it's just her beauty, but. She always looks like she has class. She doesn't look nouveau riche. She doesn't look trashy. Um, she looks just classy. You know, anybody that's old enough to remember uh, when uh, JFK got elected, how everybody looked at his wife. And, you know, she was a fashion. She started, I, I think they called it a pillbox hat. It was the fashion thing, that, and Jackie was wearing them, and suddenly all, all these other women were wearing them. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Jackie Onassis or Jackie Kennedy, but i got to tell you, um, Melania Trump, heads and, and, and shoulders uh, better. Really, really a classy, uh, classy look, I think. Um, We're going to have the news god of Zimmer Radio in... At the top of the hour, and I will tell you, and I cannot believe this. Right, let me uh, let me explain to you that uh, radio stations uh, oftentimes have consultants, and they have ideas that they throw out for, you know, the, their hosts, uh, their, whether it's music or news or, or talk or whatever. And we've got one here, um, 
And whenever he's making a point about a story in Colombia, he talks about roll carts. And he does it because it's been in the news for so long. And it's a joke. We laugh at it every time it comes up. Other cities are laughing at us because we can't figure it out. What to do with a roll cart. <laughs> yeah. So he says, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about uh, Columbia and uh, somebody says uh, roll carts came up. And it, it's a, that's his, his go-to example. And what makes it ironic is that it is a topic that never seems to go away. When will we iron this out? Unbelievable. Columbia officials brief residents on roll cart storage. Uh, so we will... Uh, We'll get the news god in from Zimmer Radio, uh, Brian Houseworth. Uh, he'll be with us at 11.05 to explain that. Roll card story still in the news. Also, Southwest Airlines, they are in the giving mood. They're being generous with people who are generous. That's next. Good morning. It is... Uh, 10:49. I got a um, I got a, a card out of uh, one of our listeners in Springfield, and it is just a, the most wonderful card. I uh, I'm going to read this this note. We've got some of the best listeners in the world. Um, I'll do the the Southwest thing because I I promised I would, and we're running out of time. And uh, listeners in Springfield uh, may miss this, but apparently Southwest Airlines. Uh, being celebrated for a policy to give a full row to passengers, quote, of size for free. <laughs> uh, they better do something after last Christmas's fiasco. Uh, and that might work. Uh, Brian, of course, pointed out that uh, they're not giving any extra seating for tall people. Or ugly people, well, like you, myself. You know, I, I want my discount. You know, they could just give you the whole plane. I know. Uh, if, if based on ugly, uh, it's giving you more room, you outright. should have the plane to yourself. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, all right. I, callers on Trump and Froster Buns, hang on. I, I'm going to get to you in just a minute. But I, this letter was just uh, very sweet. And I. Uh, it's uh, Gary Bryant and staff. Uh, very Merry Christmas to all. Thank you for uh, all your hard work. Sincerely, Cindy. Dear Gary and Brian. Um, I want to write a note and thank you for your program. I've been a listener for about two years. You and Brian are enjoyable. Make me laugh and inform me with news that I usually otherwise would not hear, uh, not heard. Otherwise not heard. Uh, Gary, I really enjoy listening to your stories about your dad. I was raised in Michigan. Michigan, that, that's a little state uh, just to the left of Ohio. Where they don't have the football players that Ohio State has. <laughs> yes. But it's a nice little state. Uh, yeah, just the other side of Toledo. Uh, my dad and my grandpa were both iron workers. My grandpa in Pennsylvania uh, and then Michigan. Uh, my dad uh, taught by his dad. My dad was also a photographer. And I have many pictures of iron workers, um, uh, which he took. Says my dad especially liked to take pictures of the guys working on water towers, future bank buildings, and other structures. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, and, and go right up there and talk shop, uh, and uh, take uh, lots of pictures. Now, of course, he couldn't do that thanks to OSHA. Your two stupid rules. Uh, thanks to people like you, Gary. I think America will have a chance. It's not America uh, that you and I grew up in. 
she's pretty sure we're uh, similar in age. So she's apparently in her 20s or, or 30s. <laughs> uh, Brian, you are to be complimented on your hard work. I wish the show was an hour longer. Uh, I, I, that's, what is it? I'm a, I'm a listener on KWTO. That's our affiliate in Springfield or your app. So I'm glad, uh, on the Springfield station, uh, carries your show. I wish you both a very Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Loyal listener, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. That is just really sweet. Um, and that our, our parents were both, uh, iron workers. What a, that's a tough, tough job. All right, let me go grab some phone calls because we're running behind, and uh, Kurt is up first. Hey, Kurt, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Well, I believe that Trump knew that the election was stolen, and he was trying to overturn it and take it back. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. I think he believes that it's stolen, and it may have been. I don't know that it wasn't or that it was. I, I, I know a lot of cheating went on. Uh, and I think his intention was to expose that uh, the cheating and take it back. I'm not sure he was doing it the right way, but that's what he was trying to do. I, be I believe he was trying to do it the right way because he asked them to count uh, the ballots and stuff in Congress. And they went through that uh, process where they challenged the electorate. Well, the problem that, that we have on knowing for sure exactly what went on is, for some reason, the courts couldn't find anybody withstanding. So very few of these cases uh, ended up uh, actually being heard. Yeah. But there are lots and lots of questions uh, yeah. being raised. Kurt, like the Texas. Yeah, uh, uh, Kurt, I know there are lots of them, but i got to move, buddy. I appreciate it. You have a Merry Christmas, okay? Okay. Thank you. Uh, Tony, good morning. Good morning. So I'm going to be quick. Uh, State of Missouri gave us that initiative petition on Amendment 3 and legalized and everything. And remember in the wording in there, it's only going to be Missouri products. It's only going to be Missouri companies. Well, guess what? That was a lie. So now what we have is Michigan companies coming in and buying up the ones in Springfield. And yet, so the profits are not going to stay in Missouri. They're going to go to Michigan. So there's another violation of even the Republican House, who can't seem to get the right wording when something gets passed and enshrined in the Constitution because, well, we don't like it, so who really cares? Yeah, well, this is what blackfires. We're not going to get the tax money from it. We're not going to get a lot of stuff from it. And we're certainly not going to see the profits stay in Missouri. That crossed my buns. You have a great day, Gary. I'll see you next week. All right, Tony. Thank you. You know, there, uh, over on uh, Broadway uh, in Columbia, there's a, a Starbucks that sometimes I go to at oh, dark 30 in the morning. And uh, there's a, right behind it uh, is a building. And I watched it go from a restaurant to a martial arts studio. And uh, it, I mean, they, they just kept moving it. And no, no business took off. Uh, now it's a marijuana dispensary. Bingo. <laughs> it's going nowhere. They are not going under. Rick, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, archaeology.org, the January-February issue is just out on a thousand-year drought, which happened in the Great Basin, which is Death Valley, California, all of Nevada, Utah, Oregon. Now, this man, David Hurst Thomas, is a archaeologist, not a weather scientist, and he discovered that 
about 1900 years ago, a thousand year drought in that area ended. Now he was there studying four Indian tribes who lived there. They moved to the mountains when it was hot. They moved back to the valley as it cooled and they were hunter foragers. And this just shows this, uh, he wasn't trying to do anything with weather. This was an archeological dig, but all the signs is there that this is just a pattern, a weather pattern. They come and they go. And uh, Al Gore, you are dumb and crazy. Yeah, well, he may be uh, dumb and he may be crazy. I hope Tony uh, Lupo gets into this. This is such a good article. Well, and Tony, he, Tony is actually going to be at our dinner uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, this is archaeology.org, and this is January, February 2024 issue that just came in. And this is why I subscribe to these obscure magazines. Constant knowledge of the past showing exactly what this article shows. Droughts come and go. Yep, they do indeed. That's what that's what's happened from day Rick, one. All thank right. you so much. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, we have ice ages that come and go. It just it happens. It's just that now we think we're so smart that we know, you know, what caused this one. Um, but hey, if you could just stop breathing, that would be great. Well, yeah, it would stop the CO2 in my side yeah. of the studio. But you'd have to stop. I tell you what, you start it and then I'll. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking all these people who are so <laughs> afraid of global warming, maybe they should be the ones to set an example. Yeah. Yeah. You guys do it first. If you all do it successfully and painlessly, we'll follow. But then again, maybe we won't. Well, they'll never know. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of it. They'll they'll never know. All right. Um, so let's. We've got uh, this uh, roll cart thing. How is this even an issue? It is just. It baffles me that it's even an issue. Now the topic is. But what do I do with my cart? I don't know what to do with it after trash day. I have no place to put it. <laughs> I'm I'm not making it up. Yeah, I know. It's but, like, are you serious? You can't find a little two foot, two three foot section <laughs> to, to store that garbage can. Come it's, on, it's insane. I I just don't understand that. When uh, uh, when Gwen and I sold the condominium and bought the house, um, we had roll carts. And they had a rule. It just, you build a little wall. Worked. All right, we'll find out from the news god. He'll be with us next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.